sure as God made green apples, someday the Chicago Cubs are going to be in the World Series. Here's the 0-1. This is going to be a tough play. Play it. The Cubs win the World Series. You are locked on Cubs. Your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. But we didn't come here to drink beer. We came here to win this ball game. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I said to the Uber boy, I said, take me out with the crowd. What's going on, Cubs fans? You're listening to Lockdown Cubs, part of the Lockdown Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Sean Sears, and on today's episode, we are previewing this series with the New York Mets as the Cubs try to rebound. Now in last place in the NL Central, they're going to face the first place team in the NL East right now in the New York Mets. We're going to preview that series in the first segment, um, highlight some key players, a pitcher and a hitter in the second segment. And then the third segment, we're going to take a look at a Michael Cerami article. He actually went through and highlighted each offensive player through the Cubs offense so far this season and points out a good statistic they have and kind of gives a reason why a bad statistic could get better through the season. So he highlights some key points. It's not nearly as bad as I think we we all think it might be. The numbers that have translated in terms of like what the offense has turned out to be is obviously poor, but um, there's signs that these guys are going to break out of this. Things like Jason Hayward striking out nearly 30% of the time. That's not very ca- characteristic of him. Uh, Ian Happ has been able to get on base safely in each game he started. That's a big plus. Little things like that that will eventually translate to hopefully runs in the near future, limiting those things, highlighting those other aspects of Ian Happ, that, that type of stuff. So we'll go through that in the third and final segment here on today's show, which is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So starting lineup here for the Cubs. <clears throat> we don't have the Mets lineup as of yet, but the Cubs starting lineup is Ian Happ in center field leading off. Wilson Contreras behind the plate batting second. Anthony Rizzo in the three hole at first base. Chris Bryant at cleanup at third base. Jock Peterson batting fifth in left field. Javier Baez batting six at shortstop. Jason Hayward in right. David Bodie at second base. And Jake Arrieta on the mound will be batting ninth. He'll be facing Tywin Walker, who's... Looked pretty good so far for the Mets. The Mets actually look like they might have one of the best rotations in baseball, at least with Jacob deGrom and Marcus Stroman at the top. Those guys have both have sub-1 ERAs at the moment. Tywin Walker through two starts, though, a 2.61 ERA. He's got 12 strikeouts compared to just five walks, allowed just three earned runs. He's only gone about 10 innings. His first start of the year was against the Marlins. He won six innings, four hits, two earned runs, two walks, four strikeouts. Then pitched against the Phillies, only managed to go four and a third, but struck out eight. Issued three walks. Control's a little bit of an issue there. 80 pitches through four and a third. Um, Clearly, they pulled him, it seems like, at the right time, at least to get the no decision. But um, only one run. Uh, Walker is a guy that if he's commanding his pitches like a lot of pitchers, obviously, in baseball, but he's got nasty stuff. When he's commanding that, or at least getting guys to swing and miss, um, he's not going to give up a lot of runs. Uh, Where he really runs into issues is where he starts walking guys. Over the last couple years, though, in 2020, in the 53 innings he pitched, he only gave up eight home runs, 50 strikeouts to 19 walks. He's not a guy you're going to tee up, really. 
does have some hard stuff, but it doesn't necessarily translate to big power. Um, looking at his numbers for baseball, Savant, his hard contact rate, 37.5%. That's really good. Exit velocity is 83%. That puts him in the top percentile among pitchers. He's striking out nearly 30% of the batters. He's facing a 2.19 expected batting average. Uh, not great. Whiffing, a lot of batters whiffing in the zone, 31.9%. Uh, a lot of guys just are swinging and missing at his stuff. He's got a vicious slider, pretty good fastball that'll top out in the high 90s. Looking at Jake Arrieta on the opposite side, so far so good for what you'd expect from him. A 3.18 ERA in three starts for the Cubs so far in 17 innings. Jake's allowed just one home run, 14 strikeouts, five walks. That's so key. The, the strikeouts have been nice over three starts. 15 strikeouts is nice for a guy like him, but the walks, him being able to manage those, the only time he really ran into an issue was that start against Pittsburgh. He ended up picking up the win despite those walks. Um, Jake's been impressive. He unfortunately took the loss um, against Milwaukee in his last start. Five innings, three earned runs, the one walk to five strikeouts, gave up a home run. Um, that's really what set him in, but 84 pitches. Jake's been pretty solid. If he can get you to the sixth inning again against a Mets team that's struggling to score runs, that's a huge plus. Um, offensively for the Mets, they haven't been able to score a lot of runs. They're, I think, scoring just under the Cubs, actually, with runs per game. I know they are the only team in baseball right now with single-digit home runs at six right now, um, but the Cubs obviously have their own struggles too. They've been able to hit home runs, but uh, the Mets still scoring. I think it's 37 runs. The Cubs are tied with the Giants and Nationals for 51, so there's a three-way tie for second to last, but the Mets and Cubs offensively have been brutal. The big difference is the Cubs have had power the Mets don't. The other flip side to that too is, I mean, the Mets have power. It just hasn't come through yet. But the other flip side to that though is the Mets are allowing this, the second fewest runs per game right now at 3.08. So even though they're not scoring a lot of runs, they're actually scoring exactly 3.08 and allowing 3.08 runs. Um, they've been able to win some games out because they're limiting damage and their starters like DeGrom and, and Stroman are, are going six, seven, eight innings and not allowing runs. Um, I know people have been talking a lot about the Mets not being able to pick up a lot of the DeGrom starts for wins. Uh, that hasn't, you know, obviously it's a, it's a, tw it's a Twitter talking point and it's happening. It's not nearly as big of a deal uh, because obviously you'll take a good DeGrom start no matter what your offense is doing. Um, but at least the Cubs aren't going into a situation. I mean, we saw this with the Braves too. They had a couple guys that were hitting everyone else really quite wasn't until they broke out on Sunday. I think the Cubs offense could have, even though it doesn't necessarily feel like it after that brutal loss on Sunday came after a big win on Saturday. Um, I still think the Cubs are moving in the right direction. I think offensively, at least um, one downside though, to the Mets, obviously with Arietta's experience in Philadelphia, the last three seasons, there's a lot of guys that have seen him relatively well. Michael Conforto has had 30 games against him, a 9.27 OPS Pete Alonzo in 20 games, a six point or part six sixteen OPS. Not necessarily fantastic, but still 20 games of experience there. Brandon Nimmo, 18 games, a 9.52 OPS. Kevin Pillar in 16 games, a 9.71 OPS. Uh, Dominic Smith, 15 games, a 13.79 OPS. Jeff McNeil in 26 games, 13.08 OPS. So there's a lot of guys in this lineup that's seen him. On the flip side, there's not too many Cubs that have seen Tywin Walker, mainly because he's been injured the last couple of years. He did spend some time with the Diamondbacks, so Jack Peterson actually got a couple of bats against him. 16 games, an OPS of 1,300. Jake Marisnik with his time with the Mets, six games, 
1167 OPS. Uh, Stilgarten, nine games, a 444 OPS. The rest of this, uh, Brian Seenum, three times or three games, a 2000 OPS. Um, the rest of these guys, like David Bodie's never had a bat against him. Rizzo in three games hasn't had a hit against him. Ian Hap's never seen him. Contreras. Um, Austin Romine, uh, but I know everyone was worried about the scouting report with Austin Romine against uh, <laughs> Tywin Walker, but um, the Cubs haven't seen Walker a lot, and that could be a cause a pause for concern because he does have some wipeout stuff. He does have the ability to move and miss bats, um, but if the Cubs can continue to stay on top of these fastballs that they're seeing at the top of the zone, if they can get to those pitches or at least fight those off, um, work themselves into some counts and get some good pitches, hopefully they can maybe induce Tywin Walker to force him to make those tough pitches, those three, two pitches, those two, two pitches, um, make him continuously pitch in those situations because more often than not his stuff, even if it is solid, it's going to take a lot of effort and pitches to get him through those moments. Just getting that high leverage work, um, would get you to this Mets bullpen, which isn't fantastic, I mean, not bad by any means whatsoever, but um, they've got some arms like Trevor May. Edwin Diaz is shaky, but has been okay so far to start the season. Dylan Batances, Jairus Familia, some familiar guys in this group here for a moment now. Um, Some guys that can do, you know, can definitely miss bats, but there's no one in here I'm necessarily terrified of. Um, And I'd much rather them go up against their bullpen than Tywin Walker. So um, <laughs> obviously that, I think that's the approach here. I think you've got to try and get to this Mets bullpen, especially early on in a series, but taking a look at the entire series here, obviously tonight it's Jake Arrieta versus uh, Tywin Walker, but uh, tomorrow night it'll be David Peterson versus Zach Davies. Peterson, a left-handed pitcher for the Mets has had a solid season so far for them. So far, Zach Davies, Still a little shaky. We know we can do much better, but uh, Peterson, I think it has the highest ERA in their <laughs> in their group at 630, but he's only had two starts, so nothing really there. But a lefty guy doesn't throw it necessarily too hard, but has good stuff, locates well. That's really kind of his MO. Um, and then Jacob DeGrom versus Trevor Williams on that third game. That'll be tough. Uh, if, <laughs> you, you knew the Cubs were going to get a Stroman or DeGrom start probably in this series. So uh, they see DeGrom. It'll be against Williams. It'll be a nice matchup. We'll have to see. We know the Mets offense hasn't been able to do very much recently, but we've also seen some teams beat up on this Cubs pitching staff a few times. So maybe let's hope that doesn't happen quite <laughs> at the same time. But um, overall, this is a good Mets team, a team that has kind of underperforming. You've got guys like Pete Alonzo and, and Francisco Lindor who aren't quite hitting at the level that you're expecting them to. But then you've got a guy like Brandon Nimmo who's been hitting really well. Uh, Michael Conforto, of course, he leaned into that walk-off, bases loaded pitch that ended up winning the the game for the Mets a couple week, or last week, and that was stupid I think but he's had a pretty solid season too so this Mets team not necessarily hitting the ball with a ton of power in the sense of you know hitting home runs but still being able to produce enough to get by with their pitching so far this year so if the Cubs can maybe tax this bullpen a little bit they might be able to maybe scratch some runs across and honestly three or four runs might be enough to win these games so it could be a good time for the Cubs to pick up runs on the flip side the, the Cubs are kind of playing exactly into the type of team you would the Mets would want to face. <laughs> and they've won, uh, you know, I think they're seven and three in their last 10 games, They've only played 11 games They're seven and four in the season. Uh, they've, they've had a good start to the season. So this will be a tough matchup for the Cubs. This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced in the limited edition designs at a fair price point. 
1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagements, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high quality fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and is fairly priced. So you can give her something special and truly meaningful. When I was looking through some of the rings, Michelle uh, Fontachi, I hope I say, I'm saying that right. The, her ring stood out as something I would buy. Actually, it looked like a cool conversational piece, but they're very cool, unique, different, something you wouldn't see other places. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring you'll treasure that she'll treasure forever, you'll definitely want to go check this out. They won't be around long, so make sure you're, you're heading to BlueNile.com now and searching the words 10 by 10 to check out some of the latest rings they have to offer. Mother's Day's just around the corner, folks. One reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money, and you can use that for other important things like mortgage, food. Why would you choose to spend 30 50 nearly 100% more for the exact same part at a chain store or a new car dealership? For an example, a fuel pump for a 2005 to 2010 Honda, Honda Odyssey can cost $353 in an advanced big chain store. On Rock Auto, that's $216.79. Uh, awesome. Why would you spend more money for that? Crazy, right? RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto body parts and for hundreds of manufacturers. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliable low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend twice as much for the same parts? Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. This year, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. Get insight and analysis from the Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft on April 29th through May 1st. So here in the second segment, as I talked about the top of the show, we're going to highlight two guys I think that'll be key to this series. Um, and I, I think the obvious like answers could be Wilson Contreras, Chris Bryant. Those two guys have been hitting. And th- that's great. We, we know that. There was a great article that came out today about Chris Bryant uh, beyond the box score. Um, well written there by uh, Randy Holt, who's a, a big Cub fan himself. But he points out a lot of really positive things about Chris Bryant and the fact that he's been more aggressive on those high fastballs and been trying to attack some of those harder pitches, something this entire lineup has struggled against so far this season. He's got a 555 weighted on base percent or on base average. And then, of course, uh, a three, a 391 slugging on high fastballs. So when he's attacking those pitches, he's doing well. He's in the 85 percent. Uh, percentile and barrel 62 16.2% if that means anything to you here um, but his early weighted runs creation place of 166 is showing that Brian is adjusting to the way these guys are their teams are attacking him um, now the question is who else is going to make these adjustments with him um, we're seeing the Cubs just kind of historically miss a lot of pitches in the zone um, the guy I'm pointing to is the guy that hit two home runs on Sunday it's Anthony Rizzo it seems like whenever Anthony Rizzo seems to get things going, the offense shortly follows. So at very least, wins start to follow. Um, his approach, I like that he told Kyle Hendricks on Sunday after that rough loss or after the rough first inning where he gave up the four home runs and just said, "Hey, you know, we've got you. We're going to come back and get you some runs." And immediately they did go get two runs in that first inning. Didn't quite pan out the way the Cubs were hoping for, obviously. But um, 
I, I, I think Rizzo is that catalyst. I think he kind of has to be. He's that guy in the lineup that can that has that two-strike approach, that has the ability to take a pitch out of the zone and, and drive it, but can go the other way, isn't afraid to lay a bunt down. He can do just a little bit of everything at the plate, and that's kind of what the Cubs are, are need right now. They've got guys like Bryant and, and, and Contreras and Bias to some extent that are being able to drive runs in or at least get on base to score these runs, as we're seeing Bryant do a little bit more recently. Um but they need someone like Rizzo who can really just grind into bat out. You know, Kyle Schwarber, that's one thing they're missing, I think, a little bit with him this year is a guy that was really patient. He did see a lot of pitches. And even though he might have a 12-pitch at bat and strike out, he still saw 12 pitches. And that was a valuable asset. It doesn't necessarily mean, you know, you keep Kyle Schwarber in this lineup because he's going to see 12 pitches and strike out. That doesn't help necessarily. But sometimes in a game, it does make a difference. We've seen Schwarber have four. I mean, there was that game against the Nationals where he had a 17-pitch at bat that ended with an opposite field homer. He can do those things. Peterson is the guy I look at, too, a little bit. And I, I, I and we need to see more from him. Uh, it's getting closer and closer to the point, I think, where David Ross might have to pull the plug on Peterson everyday starter and truly start using him as a platoon player. He's kind of basically done that a little bit. Um, we did get a, a left-handed pitcher sighting for Peterson um, at bat on Sunday. I don't think that'll necessarily happen again. But if I'm looking at one guy offensively, it's got to turn things around for this team. It's Anthony Rizzo. Um, he did have a kind of an awkward hitless streak there. He went four games without a hit, but he's picked up two hits. Or excuse me, there was a four-game hit streak at the start of the season. But since then, he's been on a five-game hit streak. He had two hits against Milwaukee, a, you know, one hit. Atlanta, he had the three hits on Sunday, two home runs on – or excuse me, three hits on Saturday, two home runs on Sunday. We're seeing Rizzo really start to collect hits. And when he's doing this, getting hot – it's obviously a good sign for the offense, but usually get some other guys in the lineup kickstarted and going. Um, let's see if that happens. But that's the guy I'm looking at in terms of um, who I say offensively. If, if Rizzo can get going and find some consistency, the rest of this team, no matter what happens this season, should be able to find some level playing ground, or at least at the very least not be dipping below a certain point if Rizzo can kind of be that level of consistency. The problem is that that doesn't always happen. These guys are very streaky. So I think right now the Cubs need to ride Rizzo, um, who's clearly shown he's got some good at-bats coming from him a little bit. Um, The other guys I'm talking about now, at least on the pitching side, I had two names I wanted to talk about. The big one is Zach Davies. Um, Obviously, his first couple starts for the Cubs have not been great. Um, He's posting a 10.32 ERA, a 6.35 strikeout, or K per nine, and a 7.15 balls per nine. So walks per nine. That's not great. Um, very strange though. We all, I mean, these numbers are just goofy. I mean, compared to just even last season, Davey's never a big strikeout guy, but his strikeout percentage went up nearly three strikeouts per nine innings from 5.75 to 8.18 in 2020. I don't think he's necessarily going to fly back up to eight strikeouts per nine, but he's still at 6.35. So that's encouraging. Um, the walks that's going to change. He's a career 288 walk or 269 walk rate. Um, last year he had a career high or the best since 2016, at least a 2.47 walks per nine innings. That's really good. Davies isn't going to keep seeing these walks come back to bite him. The other flip side of this too is his home run fly ball rate, 7.77, really low ground ball rate, 48.8%. That's the highest it's been since 2017. Um, Davies is just running into some bad Babbitt luck. He's got a 366 Babbitt. He's not necessarily getting squared up. He's not getting crushed. He has given up some home runs this year, uh, just one home run actually, but it's the walks that are really hurting him. If he can limit those walks, a lot of these runs don't happen. He's getting some, he's gotten some poor defensive timing plays as well too, but um, 
there's just a lot of like unsustainable badness happening with Zach Davies right now. Like he's not going to continue to walk as many guys. His ERA is going to come down quite a bit. Um, He's going to probably maybe strike out a few more guys, but he's going to start getting more ground balls. He's going to start turning those into outs. He's going to get more double plays. He's going to become more of an efficient pitcher. And I I think this is the team. If there were a team to pick right now and say like, hey, this is a team we want to get you in and and get you a tune-up start, it's the Mets. Not hitting the ball with a ton of power. Seem to be susceptible to soft contact right now. Get Zach Davies in there and let's see if he can take over a game, especially when you've got Jacob DeGrom going the next night in that second game. It could be a crucial part of this series. It would also tell us, though, if Davies is truly struggling and does have a tough time locating pitches, walking a lot of Mets, the Mets do tag him for some runs. This is a good Mets team and should be better than some of the worst. You know, They're not going to be one of the worst teams in baseball offensively at the end of the season, but they're struggling right now. And if Davies were to go up and put up another rough outing again, it might cause some concern here because I mean, at the end of the day, this is the guy you traded you Darvish for, you know, you're, you're, you're banking on prospects coming up here later on, but you, you traded Zach for Zach Davies thinking this guy was going to help your rotation this season. And I still think he can't. Um, there's no reason to think that Davies can't return back to career norms after two. So, so starts. So, um, you know, this is, this is the time to really kind of maybe get his season back on track, and the Mets are an ideal candidate to do that again. So those are my two guys, Anthony Rizzo and Zach Davies. The other guy I wanted to maybe mention was Andrew Chafin, um, just because I think he's really a dynamic lefty arm and a guy that I think could come up crucial in some of these matchups with like guys like Pete Alonzo and Michael Conforto, Brandon Nimble. You've got some lefties in this lineup here. So uh, Chafin is another guy I'm watching there, but uh, – Anthony Rizzo throughout this series and Zach Davies and Wednesday start are the two guys I'm highlighting for this series. Hey, Locked On fans. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV, real updates on odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use the mobile app device to sign up today and receive 50% off on a welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Use promo code LOCKEDON. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Lockdown and Odyssey is happening right now. Featuring analysts from NFL expert Michael Irvin, Jason LaConfora, and Brian Baldinger, our local experts from every team making trades and picking the next stars of their team. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Odyssey is the home audio home for all sports, podcasts, music, news, and that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. So here in this third and final segment, um, I wanted to touch on this article that Michael Cerami wrote yesterday talking about the Cubs offenses and just kind of going individually through each one of these starters and talking about, you know, something that they're doing that's standing out and why maybe they're having some rough performances to start the season. I'm not going to go through each one of these here because I think we, we know like obviously Javier Baez's issue is that he's (laughs) swinging, missing a lot, not making a lot of contact, uh, not walking a lot, but there's a guy like Ian Happ, uh, you know, Michael points out here that Hap has been making plenty of contact, including a 21.1 barrel rate and a 90.2 exit velocity. That's really good. He's getting to the sweet spot at 36.4%. That's really solid. So that's telling me that Hap is probably getting some bad, bad luck here a little bit too. But on top of that, he's also been getting on base. He's, I think he's got five consecutive on base streak going on right now for, you know, 
any every game that he started at least he's been able to get on base so that's a big deal um you don't necessarily want to make excuses for some of this because uh, he does have a weighted on base percentage or expected base average at being 358 it's really good um but the strikeout rate the walk rate both are a little bit higher than we'd expect them to be he's walking about 15.3 percent but striking out 27.1 27.3 13 in 2020 pretty close but a little bit higher not, not much difference really the, the 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 issue is it feels like he and happen and maybe even a guy like david bode really just getting babbipped um a lot harder than uh those guys and some other guys in the league right now there's unlucky it comes down to it because some of the at least the peripheral numbers off of Hap's bat show a guy that should be getting on base and should be getting more hits. So that's it's gonna it's gonna translate to that at some point. So hopefully we see that happening soon because Hap at the top of this lineup getting on base more at least just getting <laughs> getting some hits at the top of this lineup makes a big deal for a guy like Rizzo who's looking like he's starting to really come into his own a little bit here, especially with Bryant here. Um, he's posting an incredible high ball fly ball rate of 51.4 percent um that's a good sign when it's paired with a high exit velocity of about 90 miles an hour what that means exactly is bryant is getting underneath his pitches and using his launch angle approach to really drive and, and push these balls but he's coming through the zone and still making great contact so we're seeing the ball explode off his bat but with that launch angle approach brian it just kind of feels like he touches these baseballs he doesn't necessarily clobber them but he gets underneath them and carries them in that approach with his you know combination of the way he's coming underneath the ball and that launch angle and just bat speed uh he's creating a lot of torque off that bat and it's clearly flying off the ball and and We've seen five home runs from Chris Bryant this year. That's huge. And uh, I hope that's a sign of more things to come. But at least right now, his approach is working. And he's one of the few guys, as we talked about in this lineup, that's really starting to uh, attack those high fastballs. Michael Cerami didn't have much positives to take from Javier Baez, who's walking in 1.7% of his at-bats and striking out in 45% of them. <laughs> um, what? <laughs> What's even more crazy is he's still near league average in weighted runs creation at 98. Um, so that just shows you when he is connecting, he's making a big difference, clearly. But um, one thing he did point out that I thought was interesting, that Baez is sporting his highest pull rate he's ever had in his career so far. Um, and as Rami points out, he's really good at going the other way. We talked about, I've talked about a bunch of this podcast, at least he's got that unique combination of being able to have insane eye contact as well as, you know, crazy bad speed. He can kind of go the other way in some of these pitches and really get into them. It's not like he's shooting a ball down the line. He's smashing foam runs, you know, 370, 380, 400 feet sometimes. Um, and that's, you know, that was one of the better parts of Bias's game, his ability to take a pitch, a slider and from, you know, that's tailing away from him. And if he gets behind it at the right time, he can really send it. Um, that hasn't quite happened. I think that's something that'll change. Jason Hayward, another thing he points out here, uh, great offensive season in 2020 and a 131 weighted runs creation. That was great. Strikeouts were down. Uh, he was elevating the ball. That hasn't quite happened yet. He's got a pretty bad ground ball rate right now, a pull rate. That's pretty bad. Um, but a strikeout rate of nearly 60%, 29 points, or excuse me, 60, 30%, 29.6. Some of these numbers you might believe 60% with how bad the Cubs offense would be, but it's it's only 30%. It's bad. His career high was 23.3%. That was back in 2012. We've seen his strikeout rate constantly stay around 20, 19. He doesn't, he doesn't strike out a lot. Um, We've seen Jason Hayward ground out a lot, but that was kind of the big difference last year in 2020. He was elevating those pitches. Hopefully this is just, you know, uh, 
unfortunately just an ugly stretch for a guy who looked like every year had been improving on his offensive game. Um, I would not expect Jason Hayward to continue to strike out, but I wouldn't necessarily expect a repeat of that 2020 season. Small sample size, um, a WRC plus 131 from Hayward, really good, but probably not something we can expect from him again. Um, David Bodie, another guy who's not striking out a lot. He has sub 20 strikeout rate. Um, He's for his career. He's at right now 26.7%. He's striking out a lot more than he's, he should be, but he's got a weighted expected on base average of 364. It's well above league average exit velocity of 91.9 miles per hour. Similar to Ian Happ. It just feels like he's getting Babbitt to death. Um, you have to take a look that his expected batting average is also 281, which is actually a hundred points better than his actual batting average. This guy is getting good pitches and he's hitting them. They're just turning directly into outs. He's had a lot of scorched balls that just haven't turned into anything here. Bodie over his last 10 games though, 250 batting average, 375 on base, 500 slugging. It's a 140 weighted runs creation over his last 10 games. That's a sign of good things coming. That's that's exactly what we were seeing from him in spring training. Let's see if that translates here. But those are the guys I just wanted to highlight. Those those couple guys here. We're not going to dive into the Anthony Rizzo's, Wilson Contreras's of the world. We've talked about them. But um, I I think even though it's all doom and gloom, Cubs are just three games out. This team is in a good position where you know a good week of games could get them right back at the top of this division above 500 and working things out. I think offensively, we're going to see this team come together. Um, I, I am concerned about the pitching, and that's why a guy like Jake Arrieta tonight, a guy like Zach Davies tonight, have to get right and make sure that they can be reliable pieces to this rotation, because everyone right now feels like a toss-up. Even Kyle Hendricks, we know he'll eventually get back to what he's you know done in, you know prior to all this rough, these rough couple starts of the, the 2021 season, but it's concerning nonetheless. He, he does have a history of pitching poorly, not poorly, but having rough starts to seasons in May and April, but maybe that changes. But even still, it, it's hard to look at Hendricks right now and feel like you can rely on him with just how goofy his stuff has looked right now. So you're, you're hoping a guy like Jake, you're hoping a guy like Zach Davies, who are veterans, can, can kind of right the ship a little bit for their pitching side because it's going to have to be the offense that wins games for these Cubs in the future. They're, they're going to have to carry this team. But if they can at least have guys, you know, in the two, three, four spot that they can rely on behind a Kyle Hendricks, who's going to be your workhorse and ace, that's that's huge. So, but that will do it here for today's episode of Lockdown Cubs. We appreciate you guys sticking around. If you have not yet, make sure you're following us on Twitter at Lockdown Cubs. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean R. Sears. Make sure you're following us on whatever podcast app you use, whether that's Spotify, Apple, Google, Odyssey. Make sure you're following the podcast and leave a five-star review. But we appreciate you guys sticking around. Enjoy the rest of your day. And as always, go Cubs.